Two. Round two with Phil Red. Um, <laughs> why, why don't you just tell us? Uh, we record. We recorded something, mm-hmm. um, and tell me what your thought was on it. According to you know our conversation, to give like a kind of a, a summary of the first one. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we 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 kind of did a brief overview of human design. Talked about maybe my trajectory within it and some of the value and. I just recognized I was just new podcast jitters, low wave, (laughs) like didn't have the environment set up that like my body felt comfortable. So I had this experience of standing outside of myself, watching myself. I was like, oh, that's interesting that you'd say that. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I I figure um, we're going to, let's just have another crack at this. Cool. Um, I think the first one, I think a lot of people would get good information. Yeah. uh, How does the environment feel to you right now? Vundabar. Great. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Good. Okay. So uh, maybe it'll just be the second time is the charm, but also I could talk to you for literally hours on end because I think what you know about <laughs> stuff that I don't know about is so phenomenally interesting. And uh, to be fair, I don't give a fuck about what other people are interested mm. in. This is a complete selfish act to be like, oh, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> so, so you can go to town. You can request whatever you want. Uh, we could cover the coffee table. <laughs> that actually feels a lot better in here. So uh, we'll just start from that aspect. Human design, take two, Phil Red, Aaron's with us. Hola. Hi. Hola. Hi. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's just have at it. So, uh, where would you like to kick us off? I I always feel like a really good place to start with human design is really what is human design. You know, I feel like that's kind of a good intro, and and we talked about it a little bit in that first podcast. And I feel like in the second one, you know, I really like to point out that about eighty to ninety percent of the people that search online for what human design is actually miss the point. You know, it's really just a way that you can put your life in a flow state and you can encounter less resistance. And resistance shows up as anxiety, depression, mm. physical, emotional stress. Yeah, okay. So th- yeah. that, how you just framed it, I think is very clear and concise. Mm-hmm. And that, you're right, that is very, when people ask like, what's human design? You're like, uh, it's this structure that kind of predicts people's personalities. It predicts like it, like, it has a, a very large prediction quality, which I think we'll get into. But for the most part, um, and this is hard for me because uh, a lot of people would, I guess, make a living off of this or, or, or like, I think struggle and hardship is part of the development process. But I would say that because I have a struggle. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's and it's also part of like for you, struggling's <clears throat> important. You know, you yeah. need you need mountains to climb. Mm-hmm. You need to struggle for things. But it's all about is it the correct struggle for you? Yes. Are okay. you going into the correct? Is this is what you're struggling with going to bring meaning to your life, or is it going to bring you more trauma conditioning yeah. and beat you down? Because there's a huge difference between. Um, I used to put it as in like, 
uh, when in fitness context because mm. we are technically a fitness con uh, podcast even though <laughs> you had me fooled but yeah <laughs> so fitness but we gotta like drill it in somewhere plug but it in somewhere. yeah i used to talk like there's a very large difference between like digging random holes and building a foundation, like digging a hole for a foundation where there's a plan and there's something that there's something that's very emergent about the work that you put in. And most people approach fitness like, well, if I just dig enough holes, one day I'll have a house. And right. you're like, no, like it, <laughs> you can't just do random work. There needs to be some kind of guidance or overall plan. And even though that like even if it's a intuitive flow into it, you're still looking at the boundary of what you're creating. And I think that that is a huge difference between um, the random struggle and just using hardship to hone yourself kind of deal. Amen. Okay. So I agree with that. I think um, the overall look at like human design, man, well, let's let's go. So what is human design? That's a cool, concise. Where would you go after that? After, after what is human design? I, w I would say, <clears throat> so after what is human design is what benefits does it bring into your life? You know, and I and I feel like the real benefits of human design is it aligns you to your true self. You know, at a very young age, we're born into this world, and we're told we need to act like this, we need to be like this. You need, you know, you're in school, you're eight years old, that you can't focus on your teacher. You need to sit in that chair. You need to fold your arms. All the all of these different societal conditioning to have us be homogenized to all fit within a certain type of structure or box. And then the older that we get, you know, we hear new advice and the new advice was just be yourself. And it's like, well, who am I at this point? You know, so it, it's this process of realignment to back to a true self of your true nature. And as you do that, it's something where you have what's, you know, signposts, signposts to look for. You're a generator, Michael, you know, Aaron's a manifester. As a generator, are you meeting more satisfaction? Do you feel more satisfied in your struggles? Or are you or are you more frustrated? I mean, uh, a combination of both. But, <laughs> but I think... Yes, yeah, so, I mean this is probably this is probably the hardest con I still have a hard time with this concept. Yeah. Um especially maybe it's just the words, the mouth <laughs> noises that we attribute to these archetypes that you mentioned in the first one as well. And we kind of I think we went into let's imagine that that first conversation is a really good addition to this one. So mm -hmm. we'll put maybe that one out first that way we don't have to re-answer everything. Okay. But I think I still have a hard time with you saying like you're a generator mm -hmm. and I go like, what does that mean mm -hmm. specifically? Like what makes me a generator as opposed to a manifester or as opposed to a, a projector or reflector? You have an incredible amount of energy that you need to expend out every day so you can rest and it's how you use that energy. And if you use that energy effectively, or correctly, you experience that signature of satisfaction. So what makes you a generator is just this motor within you that you're here to literally put that energy to some sort of building that brings you closer to your purpose and closer to satisfaction. So I, and I think I said this in the first one because this has been a big key for me is when people go, oh, I'm tired all the time. Mm -hmm. My first thought is like, 
you're something is wrong with you acknowledging what kind of person you are mm-hmm. now in the in human design if i use that as a template to like read somebody i go oh you're probably a projector trying to do what generators do and that has alleviated like we mentioned the first one so much frustration and really like brought up a lot of empathy um if 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 a generator, like you say, is somebody who puts out an immense amount of work and energy, productivity, and I guess uh, from what I understand about it, like the majority of the world is generators. We're like in a seventy percent. Yeah. Okay, so we're in a generator world, <clears throat> yep. created by generators. But I think the key to that is um, created by not self generators, mm-hmm. which to me explains why the world is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because when generators are not in line with what their design is. The frustration is kind of the key element. It's a thick patina. I mean, you walk into a group of people and everyone's angry in that group. You feel that. Oh, like yeah. The whole world is, you know, radiating, vibrating <laughs> that frustration. Say, do this. <laughs> no. Call AT&T <laughs> and then you'll know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, like, ha- have a problem with your Comcast. <laughs> call them up. <laughs> and just see what the fuck generators, what yeah. kind of systems generators yeah. who are not living correctly and, put together. And when you start paying attention to it, if you get on the phone, you can really hear the frustration. And, so, and it's funny. Sometimes I know when I'm talking to a projector because they just sound so bitter. Oh, no, so bitter, so rejected and bitter. It's just just mind blowing. Yeah, I can feel it through the phone sometimes. And I'm like, oh, man, that's the that's the soup right there. What's the what's the have you ever like uh, bombed somebody with some human design knowledge? Uh, like over the phone or like anonymously been I, like, hey, I, I, you should yeah, look I, into this. I try, I try and do it these days without mentioning human design. I have this neighbor who is the sweetest guy and he's always on this crusade to ban fluoride from our water. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> and so every time I see him, he gives me a flyer. He's like, hey, we're going to be at the district, you know, at the courthouse, and we're doing this. And I was like, who's we? He's like, well, me and maybe some other people will come. And every time I see him after, you know, they don't hear him. They don't pay attention to him. And yeah. And, and, and he just, and he'll use the words. He's like, it's just so frustrating. I'm so frustrated. And so what I'll say is, you know, it sounds like you're kind of meeting some resistance. Maybe it's a good idea to see if your energy works in a different way. You know, maybe if you can put it into something else, because I mean, I'm, sure you want to be satisfied and he's like yeah i'm just so frustrated now try and you now i'm trying like well you know just it's what you respond to right and i'll try and drop the pearls and that's so funny Give the buzzwords some, that's my approach yeah so, so this is really that's funny amazing. Uh, i just heard this story yesterday i'm gonna try to censor the shit out of it because it's a, a it, so we have some friends that we have gotten into human design mm-hmm. that are of the law enforcement, federal law enforcement level. And they just <laughs> told me the story. This. So they go through, they have these special trainings. Um, one of them is trying to get people that are in the field to remember very specific data points observationally and really to like clear their biases out mm. of observation. So on one of these training things, uh, our friend they played a introduction to human design, <laughs> like a video that explains the rave cosmology. It goes into like this beginning. I think it's like it's like a five or seven minute. It's probably one that you know about, but it's sure. a very like and it goes in there. The, the task was like, remember as many details about this video as you can. 
structurally mm-hmm. like try to understand the structure points of what this esoteric thing is and by the time that got done all the students were like what the fuck was that <laughs> they were like are you is this real and they were like yeah kind of and they're like well, i have to look into this <laughs> like, they remembered almost everything because it was so mind-blowing to the mm. class that was doing it that it was just like this it was, like, it was just like a funny, like, how, where can you plug in human design to get people? I feel like an MLM at some point, right? You're like, yeah, I, sure. if I get enough people in my downline, maybe we can, like, start, then we can start a Penta. That's yeah, our, our crew. Our, that's our new company is human design MLM. Yeah. Is that, that's, that's that's, oh, my say. gosh. We've got to connect Dave with that. <laughs> we for sure have to. I, I that's think amazing. Coidal silver <laughs> and human design. <laughs> silver and human design. Somehow we get they... people's attention by just throwing silver drops at their head. <laughs> it's a uh, maybe that's a, actually to on that topic. Like mm-hmm. I didn't mean to go here, but have you you work with a lot of people? Mm-hmm. Like um, you you do a lot of these readings. You and that was born out of first of all like your fascination with the system, right? Like this is a I take it you're kind of like me in the sense that where you go. <clears throat> Both five ones. Okay, so th- th- yeah, you're like, I need to learn this thing, therefore I'm going to apply it to other people, mm-hmm. and that way I can learn it better. Is that kind of how you got? Yeah, that's that's definitely. I mean, I I got so seduced with the information. You know, I, I feel like true logic is like a virus; it just kind of takes over, yeah. and, and that, and you read something, and it reverberates in your head, and then you play it for you're rehearsing it, and then it elevates your consciousness, and that was my experience. I, so from that experience, and this is kind of the, maybe I, like my similarity, no matter what subject I get into, I always notice like a transformational quality about whatever I get into. Now you'll immediately look at my design and tell me that's a feature of my circuitry, which I think is fucking hilarious. But let's say that it, for people listening, it's just like I, as a hairdresser, yeah. that's the obvious one, right? Yeah. You like color somebody's hair and you're like, oh, you're different. Yeah. But I noticed really quickly what the under the underpinnings for these transformations were. And I was like, ah, they're not touching it. Mm-hmm. And then fitness was kind of the same thing, but a little bit deeper. It was like, I am not the person that I want to be when I look in the mirror and I go, cool, let's change the physiology and or the nutrition or all this stuff. But what happened for the first time, I think through our practice, I noticed the tendency for like healing qualities, like therapeutic, real therapy, not, not this gimmicky uh, motivational bullshit, but like real things when people discover truths about themselves. Mm-hmm. There's like this therapeutic uh, effect where they suddenly know how to have other relationships and a relationship with themselves. I this is kind of what I noticed about human design. Has this been a feature that you didn't think would come up and you've noticed like the healing qualities of informing people about their design? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's mind blowing. I mean, human design is not self-help, you know, it's not like, yeah. you know, change the way you think, change the way you act. It's, it's none of that. It's like, it's literally about aligning to who you are. And I've noticed as I give readings to people, the number one thing that always happens in a reading is that people don't know who they are. They, they know certain aspects, they know certain qualities, but there are these consistent 
unconscious behaviors and patterns that are always playing out that they just are not embracing or accepting or they have some sort of judgment against. So the number one thing in a reading is people don't accept themselves. They don't love themselves. I, I this is, do you, uh, did you do, I don't know if your background is with like uh, psychoanalysis or Jungian theory and the Freudian stuff. Um, I got into it. Okay, yeah. same, same. Um, in a lot of it, you know, I think you could say is like outdi- outdated by like uh, contemporary neuroscience takes care of some of the features that we thought were true over the past hundred years, but just kind of fell off. But at the core, I still think it's fundamentally correct. And I think even Freud would have said that actually at the foundation of this, I think will prove through uh, materialism that a lot of these aspects are not uh, that that are they are true. The foundation is true, mm-hmm. and maybe I got some aspects wrong. But for the foundation, I think especially after um, Jungian stuff comes through, you're like the archetypical thing feels very much like human design, like that it is accurate at its core. Mm-hmm. And then when you start mapping it into kind of how you mentioned into like self help or propagating it as um, like I don't know even what you call it. yeah that that like uh, self improvement industry mm-hmm. uh, it falls apart and that's the same thing I think with with Jungian theory and even like amateur psychoanalysis is it becomes like very New York Times bestseller book yeah exactly. right like what the title yeah, is or yeah. whatever uh, how do you how do you I mean, as a person that like Google's human design how would you steer them clear of the propensity of that in the market of thinking that that's what human design is. Yeah. Or? Like, a, yeah. Like uh, looking up like human design and, and trying to steer clear of, I guess it would be um, oil, a snake oil yeah, salesman. I, yeah. That's I, I always, always, always recommend people to stay with the source. Ra Ruhu. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's the founder. It's not like he lived 300 years ago. You know, no, he died no, no, in yeah, 2011 yeah. and basically it was followed around with like a dictaphone for 25 years. So there's enough information <clears throat> that I could study human design for 10 years and never hit the bottom. It's just so okay. complex. It's so rich. So I would say stay with the source so it doesn't get diluted. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah. doesn't get into that self-help nonsense. So, and that's, um, I mean, we listened to me and Aaron listen, uh, listen to, I look up like different podcasts on it mm-hmm. every once in a while. <clears throat> I haven't found a good one yet. Human Design Collective. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the one I listened to, man, a, a couple of them, they were just like, man, this really turned into a buy my um, spiritual products very, very quickly. So yeah. I, I put it out there just because um, you've sent me some recordings of Raw and they have been, I've listened to them, you know, upwards of 10 times in some cases. Um, I got more for you. I, yeah, and I, I just, well, the, the thing is, is that the information is so dense. So can we talk about him a little bit in the aspect of like, he's obviously a charismatic feature of why human design, I think, is taken seriously is because it had a spokesperson who you couldn't not listen to. Um, if, if, what does he have to do with it? Like I, we told this story in the first one, so you kind of know it, but mm. man, once you hear him speak, you'll know what I'm kind of talking about. And if you haven't heard him speak, I mean, I overlaid him kind of in the background of one of our videos that we did <laughs> because the things that come out of his mouth, I know we'll quote some of them, but uh, yeah, to speak a little bit about Ra himself. 
Yeah, Raw was a, you know, from a mechanical standpoint, he was a 5-1 uh, manifester, a splenic manifester, defined ego. I mean, he was built for shock. He was built to survive shock, to shock people. It's like the Alice Cooper of the spiritual like the world. Alice Cooper. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was a mystic. He was theatrical. Um, he was incredibly brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Um, he spoke several languages. I mean, he was understanding physics at a very young age. I mean, it just, he was just a very intelligent guy. But at the same time, he went through this period of life of just really kind of being crazy, you know, like when he left Canada and he went to Ibiza, I mean, I think I said he lived in a chair for a year. Is this, is this, do I have this right that he was a, um, a, uh, a design coordinator for like photo shoots and like a fashion industry guy? He, he was more in the um, advertising oh, okay, industry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he left Canada, he went to um, travel, you know, ended up leaving, I think I mentioned this last one, left his family, left his yeah. employees, ended up in Ibiza and went through this radical deconditioning process until he had the encounter with the voice. And when he talks about his stories, I mean, he just sounds like he was a madman out there. And he refers to himself as a madman. And that's the best part is that people think that he's, you know, like he was some sort of guru or he was some sort of prophet and he's just disgusted by that image. He was just a guy that could survive this type of encounter, mm -hmm. had the design for it, and it was his serendipity. I, and when you talk about surviving <clears throat> the encounter, uh, you're talking about the, the voice, the premonition. The, eight days, eight nights. Of yeah. Because yeah. he, I, I remember him talking to, uh, he was talking about that and some lady was like, oh, I just wish I had... I had an experience like that. And he was like, fuck the fuck you do. Like you would never survive that. And you're like, when you, when you do think about it being up for eight days and eight, like it's an endurance event that most people couldn't tolerate. Mm -hmm. So do you think in some sense outside, just get to your personal opinion? Cause I, this is like, yeah, you could call, I, I mean, we use the term prophet uh, quite lightly around here <laughs> and sometimes heavily because although our name is nonprofit, a lot of what we do is like tell people what's going to happen and what they should do about it. Mm -hmm. um, by, by profit, I usually take, I break down the word as like, you know, profit, like the, the to tell somebody what will occur is mm -hmm. kind of what it means in our in our culture, we take it as some kind of like divine being that has special authority. And that's what he's really staying away from. But in essence, he is a prophet of sorts, just not in the realm that we're used to. Yeah. And he would always lead every discussion, every lecture, every time he was speaking to people with like, like do not trust me. Mm -hmm. Do not believe me. <laughs> do not believe anything that I'm saying. This is a system that you have to test and verify for yourself. Yeah. It's not faith-based. Not faith-based you know go into it thinking that it's all dog shit and so do i have this right that he was like adamantly atheist he was a nihilist nice okay mm. and and that's um and that, that term i think it's weird a little bit because mm. i considered myself a nihilist for a very long time until it started being associated um incorrectly mm. with like this uh pessimistic view of the world right right and i which i don't agree with i agree mm -hmm. that meaning is assigned and that's kind of your purpose so i would agree with him on that that sense so 
but he does deny the existence of God, mm-hmm. right? A God, like a singular mm-hmm. form, a personal creator, which, I, mm-hmm. you know, none of that stuff offends me. It might offend some people, but I, I, there's something very peculiar about that take given the fact that a magical voice talked to him <laughs> for eight days and eight nights yeah. right mm-hmm. and so that that's kind of where i'm i'm like how does his worldview look right and that's where the rave cosmology comes in yeah where he talks about you know the creation of the universe and where everything's going <laughs> Um, and really even where we developed all of these specific godheads from Christ, from Kali to Minerva to Michael, the archangel, you know, and how each individual person is in. I mean, it's really fascinating. You can look at someone's chart mm-hmm. and you can see which specific godhead is influencing them. Whoa. It's, it, I mean, it really <laughs> breaks down into the mechanics yeah. of how we are and why we are what we are. I mean, that really makes sense. I have... <laughs> I, I too have like, uh, you know, for certain deities, there's like a predilection for them. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like a soft spot, like Shiva and uh, by correlation, Kali, mm-hmm. Dionysus, like there's certain, there's certain figureheads where you're like, man, I really resonate with that. If I was a religious person, I could see, I could see the fealty coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so interesting. Yeah, I wonder, like, what do you think they're looking at in the design to see uh, the archetypical deity qualities, the attraction to that? What What would you look at to see it? I know I can't show this on the podcast, but here's how it all ties into the mandala. Oh, you can? Okay. Try that. That's so weird that you're bringing this up because I just read something about this yesterday. Yeah. And it's, it's, okay. okay. Yeah. So nice. so you can yeah, you can really kind of pinpoint it down and when I look at you know, you Michael, um a godhead that's an influence to you is actually Hades. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> People are going to think that I planted that 100%. For sure. I know. Well, <laughs> As soon as you're saying that, I was like, "Is this what it is?" Yeah. No, so, show, like, explain that a little bit. Like, dive deeper into that. Oh man, um, to get in the weeds is that there are specific personality crystal bundles. You know, like we're you know, human design really does support the idea of reincarnation. You know, like this is that we're here to have the experience of life, right? Okay, so before you go on, explain reincarnation from the viewpoint that you think it supports it. As it like the theory behind. Okay, so um we have our personality consciousness, which can be referred to as the soul. Okay. And 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 when we die, we go back to the source that we came from, and everyone has these different bundles that they came from. Okay. Bundles of crystals. And the crystals all came from bundles when there was the big bang, you know, there, there was a fractal, um, a fractal of the crystals is shattering and there are certain bundles and, and specific bundles because of where they're placed behind certain stars and the influence of neutrinos based upon those bundles. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like a, a coordinating, almost like a reflective yes. process connecting certain dots together in the universe yep like you're born at you're born in march you're a taurus yeah you're born at a certain time there you're you're 
hitting, you're getting hit by a neutrino stream and you have this influence. And again, you know, I think for, I think for the new beginner, this can be really weird shit. Well, for sure. But, but again, this is the experiment. You know? yeah. Yeah. So and then and then keep going with the uh, so you have the design crystal, the bundles before I stopped you and went off on the yep, the, the reincarnation design crystal. When you die, that, that goes back to the center of the earth and the personality crystal goes back to the bundle. And what it does is it just takes back the information of the experience and helps bring more information, more data to the bundle that you came from. So, I mean, because I've had this argument, uh, especially with my dad being like a <laughs> devout uh, Christian of sort, Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness mm-hmm. specifically, mm-hmm. Um, who are, you know, to be fair, very educated in traditional uh, practices, right? Mm-hmm. Like they understand history, I would say, better than most people do in religious circles. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the, the practice is built off of research. Like it really is. Um, and maybe it's gotten away from that in the past little bit, but it is a cult of researching fanaticists. Like that, that's kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And so last time he was here, we had this conversation about, um, he said something about like, oh, I, I, I just never could understand how Hinduism ever took off. And I was like, really? Because fuck, have you read the Vedas? Like they're fucking phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. th- to talk about, religious texts being a good example of something man they're like it's right there it's it's all there they're mm-hmm. great and i was uh, and he was like yeah but reincarnation i was like but reincarnation is 100 percent true and he was like he almost like threw up he was so disgusted with me and i He's was like, like you'll you'll be hearing from my attorney <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i had to like well hold on like mm-hmm. stop right there what, what i think about reincarnation i go look you have a carbon-based life form. You have some kind of energetic quality to you. And according to physics, that does not ever dissipate. Mm-hmm. I would call that a spirit or mm-hmm. whatever you, whatever name you want to put on it. But that's kind of how I think about that energetic quality. And when the body decays, all of that stuff, microbes, bacteria, whatever you are made of, should be put back into the ground and absorbed back into the earth of which case it will become life for other things that consume it Mm -hmm. and your energetic quality might not go into that new life form but it will go somewhere that's what i think of as reincarnation you will also probably leave information in the cells that you pass on to other beings Mm -hmm. right so if i get attacked by a mountain lion and eaten from the fucking asshole up in Mm -hmm. the mountains that you know perhaps that mountain lion would have a little bit of like you know generator quality to where like maybe would be a little bit frustrated with his life or something like that that's how i think of it so i think mm-hmm. i just wanted to clarify because i do think that it's hard to disprove reincarnation yeah but a lot of people are actively against it mm-hmm. so that's i just i didn't want to like derail it that's just kind of how i think about it um and when people i know when like they hear, this is the other term, like you hear, oh, horoscopes or, or Taurus. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is planetary alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about like the reality of planetary alignment and kind of, uh, cause I don't think we got in this on the first one. We, we talked about the neutrino density mm-hmm. forming data. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Specifically? Uh, specifically like when, when you say, um, Okay, I became a generator, right? So 88 days before birth, yeah. something happened, and the, the star alignment, and mm-hmm. this, is, this is where I think a lot of people would go, oh, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but in practicality, what does it look like? Uh, planetary alignment, sun, our solar system kind of deal. Yeah, so h human design really introduces something that none of these other esoterics, you know, provide. And, and human design is not astrology, it's a synthesis. You know, it's, it's part of astrology. Like the only thing that human design has in common with astrology is that the planets have an influence on us, but there's no houses, there's no ascension. Human design says we're binary consciousness, right? We've mm -hmm. talked about that in the first one. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think so. so we have so we yeah. have a body consciousness and we have a personality consciousness. Yeah, yeah. The body consciousness is <clears throat> fully capable of living the life, of being able to make decisions. This yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to tell yourself to breathe. Mm -hmm. You know. You know if you. You you decide you're you know you realize you're hungry that signal was sent off a, well a relatively long time ago from your stomach to your brain and then you have this recognition okay I'm hungry. Your body consciousness is characteristics that are imprinted 88 days before you're born, and then at the time of your birth is when you have your personality consciousness, and how that plays in with the planets is. The time of your birth is really important because every planet has a certain characteristic that they bring to a frequency within you, within mm -hmm. your design. So there's 64 gates within human design, 64 hexagrams of the I Ching. Mm -hmm. And as a planet is activating a certain gate, that brings a characteristic before you're born and then at the exact time of your birth. And that, based upon those activations, determines which aura type you are, generator, mm -hmm. projector, uh, manifestor, or reflector. Okay. Um, if somebody were like looking this how I looked at it first, I saw the horoscope thing and I was like, oh Christ, here we go. <laughs> um, I think the thing that made it probably a little bit more plausible to me is kind of how you described uh, closer planets in our system, mm -hmm. right? So like uh, effectively, we look at outside of the earth as like completely unrelated to us, which is 100% not true. Mm -hmm. Like w w you can track, well, let's do it even closer. Let's just go like the moon, mm -hmm. right? Not a planet, mm -hmm. not kind of inconsequential altogether, but its proximity to us um, shapes our earth actually, right? Like it, its influence Tides is- Tides of the ocean. Yeah, right. we'll just say that the, it rise, the, the ocean will rise and fall, therefore it will shape what those edges look like. And mm -hmm. so its influence, although takes a long time, it still has a very good influence. And what this is saying is this, it, how I take it, maybe I'm wrong, but I go, uh, like Jupiter, the, like all these planets that are kind of bigger, have more imposing, are either directly blocking or influencing or even uh, releasing information. And when we are being, con rather, when we're being, I, I, I don't know, like developed in the womb, mm -hmm. this information is passing through. And at a very specific time period, we are more influenced than other times. That's kind of, is that right? Yeah, at a very specific inf at time before the personality crystal comes in is is these characteristics, these unconscious are developed. And every planet has an influence. The moon is what moves us and drives us. Mercury is what we communicate and think about. You know, Mars, you know, all of these things, right? Okay, okay. I never <clears throat> heard that before. And it's kind of mm. interesting how this goes is because I'll hear something and I don't hear it. 
mm. right? And until it's framed a very specific way, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, it like something clicks off. And so these planets you're saying are kind of like features of all the things that we've tried to describe uh, secularly, right? Mm -hmm. They're just you're just tying them to bigger bodies in the universe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Then what the fuck does like <laughs> Mars in retrograde even mean? <laughs> like, what? Like, this is like Mercury in retrograde. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> just blame Mercury in retrograde or something. <laughs> it, some somebody else is responsible for my <laughs> shitty experience. Um, I, I think. To, to kind of tag on this, my idea was like, we, we talked a little bit about Chris Warden. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to do like a, a full on reading now that you've like looked at his chart a little bit? Yeah. Would that be too much? No. no I didn't ask that. him if it's okay, but I guarantee it's okay. <laughs> you think it, I mean, I'm going to get, it, it can get personal. I, I will cool. add, okay. just do it. Everything okay, I'll embarrassing. Do it. Okay. Let's broadcast okay, right now. I will <laughs> ask, kidding. I will double check to make sure, but let's say it's okay. And if he says absolutely not, then we can always edit this. Okay, okay, cool. We're all human so, design with Phil, take five. <laughs> well, let's do Chris. So uh, the reason I would say Chris Warden is because mm -hmm. I told him about this system maybe two years ago mm -hmm. and he looked it up and he goes, nah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're looking, he was only looking at a generic readout. And I was like, you really yeah. got to have somebody read it. So this is that reading. It, it's totally normal for him to do that. He's literally trained to look at things that won't work. And then also he has a very healthy dose of pessimism, I call it. Okay. It's like literally what keeps him safe is he looks at something and the first thing is he's looking for the cracks because he's lived long enough to know that what shimmers is now he's gold. That's funny because I do his nutrition and he mm. is just like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love talking to people like Chris because they question things at a different level. You know, they kind of, I think people meet him and they may think, well, this guy's really argumentative, but it's not. It's He's just <laughs> literally trained to kind of be like, well, I, you know, I don't get this. My, his his profile is he's a one three. Mm, yeah. You know, there's 12 different profiles. It's funny, my, like my, my brother. older brother's an attorney and, and when I was getting into human design, I was talking about it and he's like, <laughs> what? And I was like, no, you know, kind of, it's, it's it's a map that helps you understand yourself and it's something you can experiment with and experience less resistance and feel like more fulfilled you know like you can come into your purpose and he's like what and, <laughs> and so i started reading his chart and and i was explaining it to him and then the next thing he said is like but what if you're a twin and i was like yeah you can even break it down to 20 he's like but what if you're born in the same hospital at the same time as someone else but one person's from the congo and one person's from new york you're telling me they're exactly the same i'm like no no because there's a different genetic code he's like yeah but how you know it's just it was like okay so so people like chris and like my brother you can never seduce them with the information it's something where they've got to do a little bit of research, but yeah. then they've they have to test and verify. They have to they, they have to take themselves down the certain road. They have to say, "All right, I'm going to do three? the Pepsi challenge." Yeah, he's one three. My but little brother's a, a one three as well. Is he? But he's a mental projector, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then so, and Chris is a generator. Mm -hmm. So, what would be just real quick? What's the difference between those two? Like it just how would you look at the chart and differentiate them? Because there's obviously some correlations between the similarities that mm -hmm. you could call out. What would be like some of the things that you would differentiate between them? Projectors are really blind to who they are. 
um, because their aura focuses out on the other. I mean, we literally uh, learn about who we are through understanding other people. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and generators are really, you know, it's like how you started this podcast and you said, I'm really, you know, I, I'm interested in myself. That's a generator thing. Yeah. Yeah. For generators sure. like, who am I? Who am I? Anytime I have a reading with a projector, the first thing they want to know is, will you look at my wife's chart? Will you look at my friend's chart? <laughs> Because they just want to figure out really? other. Oh yeah, totally. they want to figure out other people. And and manifestors. I think we covered those about manifestors are environment. Yeah, they're they're more like you know how am I going to have an impact today? What's my impact today? Yeah. Who am I impacting? That is me. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind. Of, it is fucking weird how accurate that is. I'm just going to say that. Mm -hmm. I, it, I was more like, what is this chart? Who like. Look up this chart because I don't like that person. <laughs> <laughs> that was your not self. Yeah, that is my not self. Uh, um, so I go back to Chris Warden. So one, three, the differences, uh, but he has to figure stuff out himself. Mm. Um, you know, he's, I'm trying to think of what could generalize. I know a lot about him. Um, he's been on this podcast a, a couple times. Mm. And every time we have, I mean, I mean he's a phenomenal thinker. I think mm -hmm. of him as probably he's probably one of the smartest people i know mm -hmm. but not in terms of like facts or logic but the way he can actually look at an entire situation and read it correctly right from like a snapshot mm -hmm. um so if i like if i have a problem or an idea i usually send it to him and you're right it's like a yes or no he knows what is worth investing in yeah uh and he does the same thing to me uh, except he's not asking whether i think it will be worth investing in he just goes this is worth looking at check it out mm -hmm. and one of the things that he <laughs> recently sent me which we've been on about which i was kind of disappointed he hasn't been listening to our podcast <laughs> um is uh, uh uh audience capture <laughs> and you're like we've i've been calling it something else completely i've been calling it like uh caricature permanence <laughs> where you you know <laughs> Uh, which is like, I don't know, if, do you know anything about audience capture? Mm -hmm. Okay, so like, um, I have a personality on this podcast mm -hmm. and over my grit and teeth on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And let's say I, I do a post and I'm like shirtless and fucking look at me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, people are like, fuck yeah, like heart emoji power <laughs> thing. And they're like, you keep, and like, uh, let's just say I get like double the traffic, right? Mm -hmm. And I go, oh man, people really like that from me. So mm -hmm. I like, I do it again, you mm -hmm. know, in that band, it's a lot bigger response. And mm -hmm. then I post, you know, a sensitive poem or something with a picture of a two likes. Yeah. And there's like, nobody gives a shit. And I go, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So uh, what I'm being conditioned by the audience, they're capturing, mm -hmm. uh, I'm capturing what the audience wants and I'm turning my character into what I'm becoming a, a, a call and response to what they want. Conditioning. Conditioned. Yep. Exactly. Not self-conditioning. A hundred percent. And so he kind of pointed this out, which we've been talking about for a couple of years. We just didn't know what it was called. But that was one of the things that he goes, you guys would be onto this. And sure enough, like he was so a hundred percent correct about mm -hmm. it. Now that the rule of thumb that he gave us is like, you can't avoid it, mm -hmm. right? There's no, you can be aware of it, but you're still going to, condition yourself or mm -hmm. you, sorry your audience will condition you because mm -hmm. going against them will eventually result in like you know a bad experience because now people are gonna 
forcibly be against you. So if I if I try to if I try to do the opposite of it, which is people's normal response, like oh yeah, if people like shirtless, then I'm gonna just post pictures of me in like tons of clothes or whatever mm-hmm. the hell the thing is. Um, eventually, it'll become a negative response, and you'll you'll it'll push you another way. So mm-hmm. no matter what, you're being influenced, whether mm-hmm. you think you're iconoclast or whether you think mm-hmm. you know you're you're gonna go with the flow. Just being aware of it brings a certain sense of responsibility where you go. Oh, okay. I have a character in this domain. Like when I go teach people, I become a teacher character or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just have to not let that be my only persona. And that becomes the problem where you become like a caricature of yourself. Can I throw in a human design yeah, plug? Please do. Okay. And, and and that's where I really see the experiment of human design with inner authority. It's like this, it's this GPS mechanism that's like, is this is this correct? Is this right? Because Ultimately, a couple, you know, waking up is all about movement. It's all, it's all about movement. It's all about being in the right place. Are you talking like waking up at like enlightenment, waking up kind of deal or becoming more conscious, that kind of deal? You know, I think, I think being more, you know, I can wake up in the morning and I'm automatically conscious. You know, I can be like concerned about how did I do on that podcast? Now I'm self-conscious. It's more like how I look at that is just really living out your true nature is getting to a point where your mind is no longer making decisions for you. Your mind is in a state, is in an active state of observance. I mean, a lot of people would push back on that, mm-hmm. right? Why, why, why shouldn't your mind make decisions for you? Yeah. It's, it's something where our mind is always coming with biases and it's always coming with judgments and it's always has a different story that's trying to, create a specific outcome. And there's two ways to answer that. One way is, you know, part of the human design knowledge is that we went through this evolution of consciousness in 1781 and we're no longer beings that are here to use our minds to make decisions. And was there a time when the mind advanced us as a species is what yes. you're saying. And, and then yeah. it kind of switched. And then it ended in 1781. And, okay. and now awareness is tuning into these vehicles through these bodies. I, I would, I mean, mm-hmm. over the, I don't know how long it's been, but this, Aaron would like be able to like kind of plug in this. I was a, a very heady person mm-hmm. and how you described it now, what I would describe is like what I would call like my biggest gift was like logic Right. And now when I look at it, I was like, oh, I was like a really bad wizard. Right. Like, I was like, I I had, there was a lot of predictive quality, but you're right that there's no way to take your bias out of the logic that you're trying. You're, you're basically, um, yeah, you're weaving magic and calling it science, Mm -hmm. right? You're like, um, this is going to happen because of this, but justification and judgment and discernment kind of all become one muddled mix. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying is to, to understand that about the mind and and then put that into a position where the mind can be at its best, right? So the mind is doing something that it's no longer intended to do, to be able to make decisions in our life. If we can free it from that responsibility, then it can be free to research, to commune, to investigate, to ponder, you know, can really use all of that energy correctly when it's not caught up in trying to direct our lives. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there's layers of how the mind is always, you know, continually influencing us. A, a reoccurring thought of who I think I think I am because I've been thinking it becomes a belief after time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I think I've got to do something with that belief because it's so ingrained in me. It's like, when did that start? So 
how do you really dismantle that? And that's where human design comes in. It's like the first system mm -hmm. that takes away decision-making from the mind, puts it in the body, but something that you can test and verify yourself. So I have, uh, to give you like an example, and this is kind of funny. I think Randy texted me the other day and he was like, oh man, this thing in human design. And he said like, you guys are really like hitting on the same note. And it had to do with like getting away from the mind and using it as an observer and using mm -hmm. the, you know, the body as the intelligence. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Where do you think I got it? <laughs> I 100% like, stole it from human design. Uh, mostly I was ready for it and ready mm -hmm. to implement it, but it really hit notes um, because we work with people in kind of varying degrees of fitness and nutrition and health even. And when it comes to, uh, let's use nutrition for an example, because I think that is the easiest thing, right? You're in a time, especially in our culture, where we probably know more about nutrition scientifically than ever before, except people have worse outcomes than mm -hmm. ever before, right? So you, you like logic and knowledge is directly in opposition to the outcome, right? You have a you have a fucking computer in your pocket that can tell you every last quality about a food, mm -hmm. right? And there's no limit to what you could find out on the internet. It's like a massive not errands on the internet, and she knows a bunch about nutrition, but you'd have to find her somehow. Mm -hmm. And to get to her, you'd have to get through all the garbage. So there's a lot of garbage too. So there's that that's in the way. But what we find is like um, when people come to making decisions about food. They pretend that it's very mental, right? They're like, oh, I'm going to eat something healthy for lunch. So I'm going to go to, you know, maybe I should get a chicken salad. And that, that sounds like a healthy option. And, you know, I'm really watching my weight. I'm really care about my future. I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A. And you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, so, no, like that, that is not an option for health when you actually like, yeah, you justified it and you said all the key words that your brain, but really what was going on is your brain's like, I want some shitty, salty, fatty, delicious food. But and they've got grilled nugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got grilled nuggets. I, <clears throat> but then it just becomes this like insane excuse of like, this is what you think healthy is. And you can justify anything, but mm -hmm. you're like, uh, the same thing with like a plant-based diet of being like, oh, it's plant-based. And you're like, fuck are you like uh, plant-based as in like seed oil based right the majority of your calories yeah. are co are coming from a really toxic substance that is made in a lab right but it's called plant-based because other people who design these foods to also make you unhealthy and make them you know uh, palatable they know that your mind will play tricks so they brand it a certain mm -hmm. way and by the time we get down to it you're like what would your body request of you if it if you had a direct line to what your body needed in the moment what would it what would it ask and like, that's form consciousness that's that's what human design is is getting to a point where you can tune your awareness to what your body is saying and be able to surrender your body to the life and let your body live its life if your body wants chicken it eats golden chicken nuggets if yeah. your body wants this the, i mean you know raw smoked cigarettes all the time lived off of coffee mm -hmm. he smoked hashish you know mm -hmm. all the time and <laughs> when he when he came when he came to the states 
some people in you know Sedona, I think, picked him up and they're ready for him to talk. And as they were driving him, he's like, "I'm so hungry." They're like, "Well, we've got food at the you know the Doja or whatever." And he's no, just stop off at that McDonald's. And they're like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> so he stop. He gets a Big Mac and a Coke, and they were just so put off that he was doing that. But it was correct for his dietary regimen. <laughs> <laughs> how how is it correct? How is it correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How like what what's the in his personal thing? Everybody has a very unique way that they take in information in food. For him, the he can take he always would say, I could eat roadkill and yeah. I'll get all the nutrients out of it as long as I'm eating in a calm environment. Mm. It's it's not about what you eat, it's about the conditions and the circumstances upon which you eat. Your state, yeah. Just for the record, the I think I'd yeah. rather eat roadkill road than McDonald's. <laughs> I was about to say. Oh, for sure. Just saying. I was yeah. going to argue as well. It's like the nutrition in roadkill is probably 20 times what it is in yeah, McDonald's. I... <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about because this is, I, I like, I found this really interesting about the system. And, and it could be, I still give quite a bit of, uh, there could be a lot there where you could infer it a certain way. What I think is interesting is trying to get a direct line into your body, mm. right? Like to, to understand the messaging perfectly. Um, because I think, and we could get a little bit weird with this because we're already out there, but um, I think your body is trying to inform you of certain things. Um, yeah. Personally, it's been, uh, you know, there's this weird occurrence in men ages like uh, 25 to 45 ish mm -hmm. have chronic lower debilitating lower back pain mm -hmm. with no structural uh excuse for it mm -hmm. right like there's no the mris <laughs> x-rays everything every uh, uh, there's no pathology there there's just chronic back pain and some people you know have taken some ancient practices and equated this to an inability to process emotions correctly. I was going to say the emotional wave. Okay, so it, that's a very common thing. When I have someone that age, yeah. when I first got into human design, lower back problems all the time. I and I would say that was probably. I mean, you know, I haven't had back problems for a really long time, mm -hmm. but I have processed emotions differently in the past, like four to five years. Mm -hmm. Like really worked hard to like understand them, and like you might. No, I'm. I can't feel anything, mm -hmm. but I know that there's emotional things that I have to continue. It's like maintenance. Your body feels it though, but who? Yes. Your, your mind, who you think you are, doesn't. Yeah. The most clear this ever was was right after London died. Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be like, you know, we we both, me and Aaron both process things through movement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Funny enough, I mean, I, I could have told you that before you told me that about myself mm -hmm. in human design yeah. is that I don't need to sit still. I need to move to process things. I also know if it's a, uh, if it's in a certain emotional state, I can process it kind of incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Like I can do real damage to myself. Um, so I knew this was going to occur kind of around such a traumatic event and still like, it's still very, I'm still very aware of if something comes up, I still have to be very careful with how I process it. Well, within like, I think it was like, I don't know, it's probably a week or two before we started moving around and doing stuff. But in the second week I was like, Oh, like watch them still training classes and watch some people do a workout. I was like, Oh, I'm going to. I think I'll do that after, right? And it was like some heavy D ball lifting some stones and like running around. It looked like good aggressive hard work. I was like, I want to get after that. And immediately my back started to tighten up. 
Like it was like a, and I was like, I didn't do anything. There was nothing that occurred. I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, I guess I'm not going to do that. And it relaxed. Like, like in my mind, I'm making decisions, but in my body, it's letting me know yes or no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, maybe I'll go to jujitsu. And it went, it tightened back up. And I was like, maybe I'll sit in the sun. And it just like relaxed. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, I guess mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. And it's like, I know that that's not fake, right? But if I wrote that down somewhere, the majority of people would be like, you are the most full of shit person mm-hmm. ever. You're in your head. Yeah, the, but, this, you just created this. This mm-hmm. is like, you know, this is how this is how good the mind is about tricking you into thinking whatever. Kind of. Yeah, but I, but I think, I mean, that, that's really, you know, the experience of human design is how incredibly intelligent these vehicles are. I mean, I, I gave you that example in the last show of, you know, canceling my trip of moving yeah. out to Hawaii. Um, and now that invitation to go out there, it keeps getting better and better. The guy, you know, he's figuring these things out. He's getting, you know, shipping containers of all of this uh, um, uh, furniture, building material to build homes on his property. And there's this deep recognition for what I offer as a projector with my channel of organization, my logic. And he's like, really? So, so it's coming back and I'm noticing in my body, just this peace, whenever I'm talking to him now, just this relaxation when before I would get so tense in my back, yeah. in my body. Yeah. Is that, and do you think uh, like a lot of these things might be different for different people, but there are some very like uh, universal symptoms of your body rejecting a certain action, mm-hmm. like a, a visceral thing. And that I, there was somebody, I think Dr. Sarno was the first time I read about the back pain thing. So it was like before about, before I read about human design, it w- th- this was definitely like uh, something that popped up. And so that got my attention towards body stuff before this, like our whole branding was how important the mind is. And like, the mind we can convince the mind to make the body and drag it through which i i still agree to some degree i mean you you can get your body to do things that are insane the second your mind doesn't want to do things your body can't do anything and that becomes the real problem Mm -hmm. um it's not that it's primary is that it's held in hierarchy in proportionate to the importance of the body and it's like it's systems i think if that does that make sense yeah um i don't know i it's such a weird thing to describe to people, but I think that for me, I think that's the foundation where I think human design is the most applicable Mm -hmm. is the, uh, not the unimportance because I think that that puts it in the wrong manner, but you do have to counterbalance, but to say that the body has the intelligence in it and you have to learn how to read it. And this is a system where you can kind of understand that where it gets you in the flow. I, I have so many people that come see me and they want to quit their job or they have another job on the horizon. So what they do is they go through the mental process of creating a pros and cons list. They've got all of these things, but there are so many aspects that the mind cannot know and the mind just comes in with its biases and its judgments. Okay, this job gives a base salary of this. It has this commute. I'm working with these people, but the understanding of human design is that we're connected as long as we're making the correct decisions, the correct movement, we're connecting to our geometry. We're on a trajectory that brings us closer and closer to our purpose. Mm -hmm. So one job may seem like the absolute best move, 
but it leads us farther and farther away what's going to bring us to our true signature, bring us to that satisfaction or that success because there are there's an ability to read frequencies and to understand the next steps that our minds are not intended to be a part of. Uh, that they can't tap into, right? Like the, yeah, yeah, the, the psyche can't do certain things. You know, it, I, I can't remember. You know, it's like we, we see a certain percentage of the actual colors in a rainbow, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, only see a, we only see a fraction of that. There's all of these other frequencies yeah. that we're just not even meeting, but we have this intelligence, these awareness centers, the, the Ajna, the splenic center, and the you know solar plex, these different awareness centers that each person has a very unique one. Yeah. And how they follow it. Um, go back to, if you will, um, go back to Chris Warden's, uh, get into some details because okay. this is a, so we described like a kind of just a basic overview, which I think most mm-hmm. people who are skeptical would be like, it was general enough that, man, there's a lot of people that would fit that profile, even mm-hmm. though I'd argue mm-hmm. differently, just get into some specifics about him. You know, he, he's born, he's a, he's one, three born on the cross of penetration. Um, these people are so good at cracking people open and planting the seed like you know so so good at it but but there's an interesting thing is that that is their gift is is penetrating something planting a seed but they're not really here to go deep after that what do you mean by that it, it means like um like he gets people to think and then leaves it yeah, like penetrators know the weak spot. He knows the weak spot. And so what he does is he can bring the hammer to find the fracture, mm-hmm. you know, but he's not going to polish the gem. He'll do a terrible job. For him, it's just knowing, you know, the fracture in just the right way. Is that the the type that would start something but not finish it? That's yeah. the, what, what line is that, 59? 53. 53, <clears throat> yeah. That was close. But, I'm getting it. I'm getting I'm, I'm getting there. But but he's he's incredibly intuitive. You know, he's very intuitive. Um, he's very acoustically sensitive. He picks up on things from people around, you know, in the environment. But again, he is a crack him open and then let someone then else get do out. the polishing. Yeah. I mean, he is a journalist. Yeah, I mean, that's his background. I was yeah. going to ask this. Without without knowing, kind of, I mean, he has a, his education is in uh, photojournalism. Mm-hmm. But with that, like, besides that, what would you look at a profile like that and be like, what What should this person do to get fulfillment from? Well, obviously, he's a generator, so he should work. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a 1-3, so he figures things out the hard way. Investigate, martyr, is that? Yeah, he, he, you know, so much of his life process is discovering what works by first discovering what doesn't work. You know, okay. he's like the true scientist. And that's the value that he really brings to people is like, hey, don't do that. I've done that before. You know, like, I, like I've been down that road. But, but it, you know, he's a, he's an investigator martyr. I mean, he's really capable of diving deep into things, cracking the code. And then he also has this frequency where he really provokes people and provokes people into a deeper sense of themselves you know it's very empowering it's the same frequency you have you know i mean like i was these, gonna say i think i have the line of provocation yeah the, these the, you know it's very evocative provocative it's like let's challenge this let's let's look at this differently <laughs> and it's that that brings people into like a deeper sense of themselves you know it's very empowering you know he used to have these um 
it's funny. This is so funny. Uh, back in the day when I was on Facebook, he, I was always enamored with his Facebook, like his profile, because he would post things that were. He had a way of getting people to fucking argue about shit, and he would step away. <laughs> he would not get involved into it. And I would get involved too. Like I'd be like, "Fuck these people!" Like, gonna, like he would always laugh at me. He's like, "Yeah, it's, I do it." I'm like, I just like stirring the pot and then watching what happens. Yeah. And I was always like, "Yeah, God, you're so good at it." And then he got rid of his Facebook, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, it's not for me. I don't think it's the road I want to go down." I was like, "You know what? You're right." So I erased my Facebook, <laughs> and then he went back to it. And I was like, yeah. I was like, so I'm like, in some sense, I've always just followed what he's done. Uh, but also, I think you're right in provoking. He has this ability to just like hit a chord with people mm-hmm. um, in good ways, too. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I think it makes people change, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it helps people have a realization. He finds the weak yeah. spot. He plants the seed. And that's it. It's such a tough job to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. Gets people to look at something differently. Michael's done that to me before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Remember when we were on that bike ride and. I like couldn't keep, we'd been riding bikes for like five hours mm-hmm. and Michael was like racing, you know, he was doing, he was building quite a bit of volume on a bike and I wasn't, I was like n- new to cycling again. And at one point he turned to me and he's like, I don't think cycling is for you. You should pick a new sport. And I like backpedaled and basically was like, well, I'm done with this sport. Well, then Michael went to Bulgaria uh, for a project and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go back to running because that's my sport and I'm gonna get so good at running that when I go see him he can't keep up with me and I trained for like six months and I went to Bulgaria and the first run we went on he's like is this your pace is this what we're gonna hold the whole time and I'm I was like oh this is just my warm-up pace are you okay and he's like oh my gosh I blah, blah. Fuck this. yeah <laughs> and I was like yes I win <laughs> I trained for six months for this, just based off of that one interaction. <laughs> you make me sound like such a dick. We're not competitive at all. <laughs> Finally, I was like, if you don't marry me, I'm done. <laughs> just kidding. We were already married at that point. But Fair. I yeah, did. you guys both have that. Yeah, I can poke. I can poke people in weird. I got to be careful with it, mm-hmm. uh, especially like who I'm talking to, I think is is it really does matter. Yeah, yeah, you know, knowing their design helps. You get someone with an open solar plex. Oh, interesting. And you come in here and you're like, hey, will you pick that cup up and put it over there? They're like, well, oh, Michael God. really came at me today. <laughs> and you're like, I, you know, it's just a frequency. That's amazing. He attacked me verbally. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, uh, what other qualities? What are some other qualities of Chris Warden? You know, he has the ability to look at something and see if it's going to bring lasting value or not. He has this <laughs> capacity to transform things. <clears throat> you know, it's it's like really looking at it and saying, okay, this is going to last. This is going to build. And he's got this quality where he can really be a workaholic. He can oh. really, really work hard. But there's an aspect in there that it's all about moving up kind of the ladder it's unconscious so this is not something that he may think of himself Mm -hmm. but you could you know if you've known known him for a while you'll notice he moves up organizations he moves up different areas because that's just how his unconscious his body works no shit yeah he moves up companies moves up it's you know achieving a higher status this is kind of like the the um 
old Chinese story of like the concubine who becomes an empress. Yeah. Okay. It, it's all about having a better life than you, what you were born into. Not that the life he was born into wasn't yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, there's this unconscious motivation that other people get to see and experience of him that he may think, well, I don't think like that, but you look at his track record, you know, he, he has a hard time throwing things out. If he's put a lot of time into it, you know, these people um, have a hard time, like, you know, it, it, oftentimes people like this can get stuck in relationships or they can get stuck in companies where it's like, well, you know, I've put in all this time. I might as well keep writing it. Oh, it's like a. Uh, oh, my gosh. My little brother. <laughs> it's like he a sunk cost fallacy kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. If uh, what are his like. So you meant because we've talked about how human design um We'll, we'll talk about consumption. What kind of like what kind of environment or things is he influenced by, or would he have the best? I guess outcome is a better way to put it. The so if if looking at the body graph is a map to understand yourself, and these are the mechanics. So it's like a vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. This vehicle, the environment that it likes to be in. Mm-hmm. He's a cave guy. Mm-hmm. It's all about security. So if you go to a restaurant with him, yeah, he'll walk into the restaurant and he'll find a way to sit with his back up against the wall so he can see who's coming and going. Yeah. It's all about security. He'll digest the food so better, the conversation better. Yeah, that's interesting. So if mm-hmm. and, and do you use this like if you want because obviously when you do readings, you'll know this about people. You want to set an environment where they're most receptive. I'll open the blinds in that area if they're shores, you know, I'll close <clears throat> them if they're caves. Um, and I'll, Aaron's a shore, right? Mm-hmm. Is it out, Open she's the windows. An, an outlook yep. kind of person. Have, have a better view. I'll try, you know, I'll try and do that. I mean, I'm obviously limited sure. in yeah, where yeah. I live. But it's really fascinating that I will meet people that are 30, 40 years of age, and they'll move to a new home or they'll just change their office location. And their productivity, their mental outlook, everything goes down the drain. And they think their mind has created all of these stories that it's the job, it's the new coworker, it's all of this. And really what it comes down to is where their desk is set up. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. I was, I just made me think of like, what does feng shui have to do with the I Ching? Is it like, isn't it a structure of it? I don't even know but I don't, you know, I, I think how this, how this is, is that everybody is so incredibly uniquely sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're a Valley guy. All the Valley yeah. people that I know in Salt Lake, they live in the Valley. Yeah. They, and they create an environment within the Valley that just really fits them. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then I know, you know, cave, I mean, mountain people, mountain people, a lot of the mountain people I know smoke weed or smoke tobacco because their body literally does better on less oxygen. Ooh. <laughs> what am, am I a mountain person? No, no I'm a shore person. No, you're a shore person, yeah. but mountain people, it's interesting. I'll, I'll do a reading with a mountain person and I'm like, so you probably smoke weed. And they're like, where does it say that? I'm like, you know, Typically, mountain, you know, I have a mountain, mountain friend and I'll go over and I'll have like a little drag. No and, shit. And, and yeah, and he'll just be taking bong rips and he's completely fine, but his brain literally functions better on less oxygen. That is so fucking wild. Isn't that? It, yeah. Is Mark a mountain person? That's. I, I mean, I'm just saying that because peak. it's a, like a dumb generalization because he's a climber, but... That is a really weird fucking thing. But you think it's the altitude oxygen level. Yeah, it's it's altitude oxygen because, you know, it, it's like rust on a car. 
what causes the rust is over oxidation. Yeah. yeah. And and it's exactly they have a very unique brain system that works better on less oxygen. So it's really fascinating even when I'm having a reading with a parent that has a mountain child, I'll say, you know, when your child is sick, move, if you have two levels of your house moving up, they will literally oh, heal crazy. better. You have a child that's a cave child <laughs> and they have a like bedroom suffocating your child trying to get them <laughs> heal. I'm trying to heal you. Oh, <laughs> Breathe through the straw. Crazy. Yeah. And it's like a, a cave child, you put them in a room and if their bedroom has two doors, they're not going to sleep because they need to only see one entrance, one exit, or they're uh, going to, you know, like what one, you know, especially if it's a projector child, yeah. a projector can only focus on one thing at a time. Oh, interesting. I, I'm similar to that in some regard. I, um, or maybe I'm just sensitive to like how the flow of our house is, but I have to have mm -hmm. our closet doors shut. Mm -hmm. um, I have to have like certain doors in our sh our house shut for me to sleep well. Yeah. Or else I wake up all night. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Fuck, that that's is weird. so strange. That is so weird. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, this is what kind of, <clears throat> this is what blows me away about kind of the details. Cause they're mm -hmm. like hyper specific. Mm -hmm. and, and when you think about them, you're like, it makes sense because well not that that specifically makes sense that's like a, a weird me. one but what makes sense is that there is so much need for variation there's like this uh, life needs so many different options why wouldn't there be people that apply to like every different kind of way it's literally the science of unique differentiation so it, it's you know everyone's conditioned to act and be a certain way and then to be able to get to a point where it's like no i don't I don't vibe in this environment and you're is there is there channels in there that explain uh, or, or that would be kind of related to uh, substance abuse or addiction yeah, or, oh yeah. okay mm -hmm. so you can see that like people that are prone to alcoholism or prone to addiction in certain regards yeah yeah you can see where a lot of that conditioning comes from you can see different addictive patterns within there absolutely craziness yeah. uh, what what chant like what what are you looking at when you see those things like the circuitry for that oftentimes since the solar plex is the center of pleasure right an open solar plex center depending upon the other variations is someone that can you know have sex addictions uh, alcohol yeah, okay. addictions drug addiction because they're trying to create that within there interesting a, a guy named jr randy richmond who was a splenic projector within human design he came out of being in like uh, those aa or na you know for like 25 years got into human design and he was really trying to map out specifically what that would look like addiction and different things mm -hmm. and i don't think he really ever came to a you know a, a dead bullseye mm -hmm. but it's really easy to notice okay open solar plex here are these tendencies yeah, channel okay. of struggle with the channel of a transmitter i typically see people that have abuse issues this is something that we kind of missed on the first one so maybe it's a good that we could clarify because uh did we talk about definition i don't think we did i think we kind of <clears throat> missed that so we we talked about the centers right and we talked about mm. you know the chakra system seven versus nine mm -hmm. but we never got maybe you could talk a little bit about uh yeah like what a defined and undefined center is the definition or the yeah, okay the difference between uh defined and undefined yeah yeah the what's defined in a body graph is what's consistent and reliable within you 
And so it's 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 an it's a characteristic, it's a theme in your life that if it's conscious, you're aware of it, you know about yourself. Either you're logical, either you're stubborn, you know that you're sensitive. If it's unconscious, it's a very consistent characteristic that other people notice about you. It just means that you don't have conscious access to it. So whenever there's a channel, a channel runs in between two centers, that allows this life force energy to flow in between it, and that becomes a consistent theme that never changes. Anywhere you have an open, undefined center is where you're here to go to school. That's where you're here to learn about life. It's also where you receive the majority of your not self-conditioning. Because that's where mm. you're the most influenced, right? You have yeah. the, 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 the most ability to kind of shift. Yep. And I, I think I asked you this before because I, this is just a... If, if you are... Um, if you are defined in a certain area, so you're not necessarily influential, but you're living what you would call a not self theme, mm -hmm. could that be the equivalent of being undefined? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Say that again. Sorry. If, if you're, if you are, let's say I'm, let's say I'm defined in, uh, I'm trying to think of which, like which center I would understand. Let's say I'm, I'm defined in my sacral. Okay. Right. So, um, when I feel good here, I'm like, you know, when, when, when things are in order here, my body is acknowledging a yes or no through different various noises, like grunts and stuff. That's if I'm, if I'm not like, if I'm not paying attention to that though, mm -hmm. and I start kind of going off the rails, would it be the equivalent of, of, you know, the not self of having a defined sacral would be. Not the equivalent of, but you'd have a lot of similar themes that come out as a undefined sacral, and what they're prone to. Like um, I never, I don't know when enough is enough. Or yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so it was like a hard constructed question. No, but. I'm I'm with you now. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I really, to me, it really seems like the openness is always putting pressure on the definition. You know, it's like. Um, Oh, who, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, may, may, yeah. Yeah. May Aaron. Okay. Sure. So, you know, Aaron's emotional, right? So we know what that means as an emotional being is that there's no truth in the now, mm -hmm. is that there's always this chemical wave that's going high to low, high to low. And what'll happen is her mind will always create stories around why she's high or why she's low when it's just chemistry, right? Happy, sad, melancholy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it has chemistry. nothing to do with anything no, but nothing chemicals. to do with those external, yeah, just yeah. chemicals. But she has an undefined root and she has an undefined sacral. And since there's no truth in the now, that means that her decision-making process is very slow. She needs to wait through things. She needs to take time because you know, she gets a phone call from you saying, hey, let's go to dinner on Friday with this couple. And she you know, gets that phone call. She's hiding a wave. Yeah, let's do it. And then two hours later, that wave goes down. She's like, no, I don't want to go exactly anymore. That is exactly what I do. I don't want to do this. 100%. It causes a lot of social anxiety for me. Yeah. And then she goes to bed and she wakes up in the morning. She's like, no, I'm going to go. It's going to be a good time. They come noon. The next day she's like, no, no, I don't think we're going to go. So it's, it's, it's going high to low, high to low. But what puts her pressure on her <laughs> to make that decision of say yes in that moment is the undefined root is saying you got to make a decision right now you know you need to hurry through this you need to wrap this up so you can move uh, on past I it see. and yeah. me being around her with somebody with a defined root yeah. i also would put pressure on her because that 
if you are undefined, people who are defined have a tendency to influence you. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. She's amplifying your root pressure and and, and identifying with it as, as her own. It creates a distortion and it puts this pressure on the definition where she's like, I got to make a decision right now. <laughs> but because I'm defined in the root, I don't feel pressure to answer any, like, I never feel like I need to, like, oh, I'll tell you when I tell you, like, uh, let's put it uh, this, so let's say we have a friend <laughs> named Dave <laughs> <laughs> who wants us to come to an event of some sort, and Dave loves to be convincing, mm. like, that's his mm. favorite thing to do, and he's he loves people to bring them together like that's mm. what is so like actually fun about him is like he just loves getting everybody together and he like baths in all the love that people mm. have for him and everybody else mm. um, but specifically him but specifically <laughs> for sure for sure it's, it's cute so dave will ask me and i go i don't know i'll tell you like yeah. it's like and i'll laugh because i'm like he's like oh well can you make it here can you do this can you and i'm like i don't know like whatever mm -hmm. he'll ask Aaron Aaron has like a panic attack mm -hmm. for two weeks but Dave's trying to pressure me into doing this thing I'm like yeah but just tell him no and he's like yeah but oh, we'll just tell him no until it's a yes and it'll be fine but I watch in her head the like mm -hmm. the absolute anguish which is just the undefined center expressing itself or being pressured to express itself because it's undefined. And, and all the undefined centers are always trying to hijack the authority. So it's funny because <laughs> you've actually brought that up to me before. Yeah. You're like, you know, Dave will say, and I'm like, you know, Michael wants to go hang out. With, I'm not tribal. No, Michael wants to go and be with the tribal people and I just want to go home. Yeah. And, and what happens is he puts this pressure on you and it's, you know, it's just what he, what happens you know, hey, yeah, really come. And then the open ego for you is like, well, you know, I want to be a good friend. Well, I want to like, have you know, FOMO. help out. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I want this experience, but it's like, well, are you clear? Because mm -hmm. that intelligence right there will tell you if this is going to be the correct experience for you or not. Because again, waking up is all about movement. And sometimes I sit there like this. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. here. Now what I'm, do you want? Yeah. yeah, I'm here. I made it. I'm putting this energy out, and you guys are gonna feel it. It's gonna be fun. Are you for sure, you. you want me here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is so like. Don't invite me again. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you do invite me. <laughs> Invite me. I just will say no. Yeah. That's it. I mean, what's funny is whenever she gets to something, it like there's uh, there's very few times that she's like, I wish I didn't go to that. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. almost like nine times out of ten, it's like, man, I'm really glad that happened mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And the same for when she says no to things eventually, right? She's like, man, I just really needed a rest, right? I'm glad that I just, you know, I wanted to be there, but also didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's such an interesting struggle to watch because mm -hmm. you i mean a aaron doesn't hide anything she's like incapable of hiding anything you get to ask her some horrible Hurr. poker face she really does but so you watch this whole like turmoil play out and because she actually talks to you know last time you uh, when we did our couples reading with you you mentioned like aaron will actually not be talking to you she's talking to herself mm -hmm. and she'll just be mentioning things mm -hmm. and she <laughs> she's just saying things i forgot what she said the other day but i was like what in the fuck are you talking about she's like oh uh this thing sorry i had that conversation in my head but you're like mm -hmm. in and out but it's really interesting oh, it's about the symposium coming up 
Oh yeah, it was something. But- I was like, I could make something. I could make this, and you're like, what are you talking about? I wasn't even saying anything. Yeah, it's just like her Ugh. internal voice is like often internal, and then it becomes external. Yeah, it's but- like. Yeah, she throws things out mm-hmm. and kind of sees how they land on people. But if they don't respond, it also doesn't really bother her. Split definition versus single definition. It's like you know, you you two are sitting on the couch and you realize you left your phone in the bedroom. You get up, you walk to the bedroom, and you get it. Yeah. And then Aaron's like, "Where where are you going?" And and and, and why are you st- sneaking around? And why are you sneaking? Well, yeah, what's going on? Why why are you leaving? And because you also bridge your split, so it's like, well, a piece of me is leaving, so that's hard. Why are you going? You can't leave me alone. And then also, oh. what happens here is Aaron, you're sitting on the couch. Aaron forgets her phone, and she's like, then she starts talking. Where did I leave my phone? And it's not even to you. Where did I leave my phone? Where did I put it? Is it in the kitchen yeah. or is it in the bedroom? And you're All like, the time. What? Is there other <laughs> things you could say out? to make me not sound like the crazy one? <laughs> I... <laughs> Fifty percent of humanity split definition. I talk to myself all the time. Okay, good. Yeah. Kendra was a single definition. We'd be riding in the truck and be like, "Do you know where that is?" She's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh, nothing." She's like, "Wait, <laughs> whatever." Talk to Lambert too. I mean, but... so oh yeah, maybe go into that because the the split definition thing is pretty interesting. Yeah, talk a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Uh, it means that. You have different, well, there's several different kind of the splits, but just to keep it simple, the split definition is the majority of humanity. And that means that there's different energetic centers in the body graph that are all connected, but there's there's a cutoff, meaning like there's a, a group of two or three centers at the top, a group of two or three centers at the bottom, and the energy can't flow in between those groupings. Kind of like the islands of Hawaii, there's mm-hmm. islands here that can all reach each other, islands down here that can reach each other, but there's no bridge in between them. So mm-hmm. what that means is that oftentimes, people that are split definition always feel better in aura with someone else. It also means that their trajectory in life will always pull people into their life that bridge their split. It doesn't mean that there's crack for that. It's crack for them. You know, genetic imperative is we're always attracted to what we're not. So a gene pool can survive. Yeah. There's like a, a void, right? It's like, it feels like almost a magnetic void. Yeah. And I I think like, what's the line that we have? You you complete a couple of my lines, I think. And it's like, oh yeah, that is the quality that you're like, I'm so dependent on. Aaron can do this that I can't do. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. other people that we're closely like, you know, deal with. It's Mm kind of like, oh man, they fulfill this part that I don't ever have. So it feels like a missing piece actually. And that really speaks to like the importance of quality relationships. And if people have, I mean, everybody has features that are, I I would say, I mean, there's some garbage humans for sure, but I would say to be generous, everybody has a quality that they can like offer something some of them don't fit with others some of them like actively mm-hmm. i don't know butt heads or something which i like i've experienced that full-on with like some human designs i'm mm-hmm. like oh yeah that's not that design isn't for me yeah same mm-hmm. um if if you're looking at it from like you mentioned like percentage wise um split personnel or a split definition and um uh, the majority of people are like generator 
is there some kind of like reason why there's more generators than others or more reason that there's more split definition than others? Or is that just happenstance based off of like the imprinting? Uh, that's a good question. And I'm not sure I know the answer. Okay. I, I, I know that so much of this is based upon the program. And obviously this is a generator world. Projectors are new here. You know, we came in 1781. Um, and prior to 1781, it was a gener generator manifesto world. So there's just hmm. a lot more generators. How, and, Interesting. Yeah, that is super weird. And no reflectors? Do you no, oh, sorry. And oh. Yeah, and there were reflectors. But we also need split, defini split definitions. I think the answer is coming back to me. Hmm. We also need split, de split definitions because this is what keeps bonding going. You're a single definition. Mm -hmm. You're someone that can do really well on your own. Yeah. Yeah. You can survive on your own. Erin will always feel a sense of completeness when she's with someone that bridges those splits. Split but, definitions are here to teach all of us about relationships. I, I would say that Erin probably feels the opposite, though. Mm -hmm. She feels like I need other people, like, mm -hmm. right? But she feels like she, her hermit quality about her makes her feel like she doesn't need anybody. There is a quality of you that needs people to a degree because you are tribal. Yeah. Tribal people need their people. They need to you know get together, break bread, smell, mm -hmm. hug, all of that stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm clearly not tribal. <laughs> I know how you describe it. It's like, ugh. You basically just like I know, I feel clutched your pearls. <laughs> <laughs> get off the lawn. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, and so there's that type of need, but it doesn't bring a sense of completeness. Yeah. Okay. It's right. not like, oh, oh God, you know, now I have this access to myself. You know, I mean, it's something where Aaron kind of feels cut off from her identity until she has someone there because that's really what's cut off for her. You know, she's oh, very creative, but she can't get any of that creativity out unless she has someone oh. who's an art dealer. And that's you. You have the gift of contribution. Okay. So she, mm, yeah, you need certain sense. features. Yeah. That, that does make a lot more sense mm. with like, I, I think when she has an idea and I click off of it, yeah, right, like a, you know, as soon as I'm interested in it and I can start making things happen in it, she like is ecstatic about it. So she's constantly trying to like get things to hit and then make them work. And and you have an, you guys have a really interesting connection as we went over in the mm -hmm. partnership analysis. But you also you know your personality son is the gate of resources. It yeah. just like pulls things, you know, pulls people. I have resources, except I don't have anything. <laughs> I feel like I own nothing. I know. I'm like, where are all these resources? <laughs> where are the diamonds, Michael? I want I'm the diamonds. Kidding. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, well, were we in Vancouver? For Yeah, I think we're... No, where were we? I got... Maybe it was Vancouver. I ended up getting you an Airdyne. It was for oh, your yeah. birthday or anniversary. Our anniversary. Anniversary, yeah. And you're like, I said diamonds, motherfucker. I know. <laughs> like, I was like, why are you bringing me, me more bike? exercise things? <laughs> the fuck, so man? so mad at me. I want diamonds. I'm like, oh, fuck, I really <laughs> fucked that one up. Get on the exercise bike. Maybe you can earn yourself some diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else do I have to go? What is there anything else that's compelling about uh, Chris Warden? <laughs> Anything off-putting that we should broadcast live? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just any negative traits? Sorry. He, has a, he does have a weakness for snacks, like we do. Oh, mm. yeah. 
You said you mentioned before that I like to snack around. Like sweets. Sweets, yeah. Yeah. Gate thirty. And I, I do, but after you said that I was like, I'm gonna prove him wrong. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, I but... got off sweets for a long time. Mm. But now I'm back on. Good. I mean Yeah, when I came in, I was like, Do you have any chocolate? You're like, What option do you want? Yeah, yeah what do you want? Dark, 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 dark. Haze on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a requirement when people come and and visit from out of the country. I'm like, what chocolates do you have you brought me from your lands? <laughs> <laughs> do you make an offering and a sacrifice? <laughs> I don't want your money. <laughs> yeah, we just want chocolate. Chris has an aura that he's an aura stabilizer. An aura stabilizer. So what this oh, is shit. is it's you know, if, if someone owned a sales company, they would want him to come into the office and be around all the reps because automatically he'll be able to stabilize everybody by being around them. It's just he pulls people into his flow. In fact, this is a cool thing to watch. Next time you hang out with him, notice that whatever he's doing, <clears throat> you'll be pulled into that flow. It's like our, you know, Justin, who we, yeah, you know, yeah. he has the same frequency of, let me see what his gates are. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just channel being in the flow. It, it, you know, Justin, if he's sitting on his couch and I walk into his place, and there's a few people, we'll all go sit around. And if Justin pops up and he starts walking around, everyone kind of starts up. the same thing. Yeah. Oh, he just so really funny. sets the flow and everyone kind of falls in that flow. This is also something where Chris, Chris is very compulsive about his rhythm. And it's correct for him to be like that because mm. if he keeps a correct type of flow in his life, you know, when he gets up, when yeah. he does this, then that really, that's incredibly healthy for him. See, he I, does have a flow. In fact, does. he has everything pretty much scheduled out. And it's it's not like, you know, OCD he's not style. militant about it. it. It borderlines OCD a little bit, but it's a good flow. Yeah, I, I, I think I should be careful on that. It, <laughs> is It's not that he, it's... There's a compulsiveness to it that's really correct. Yeah, like it's not really a correct. It's not a negative. It's, it's not negative. Yeah. It's like, you know, he knows what keeps him in the flow. So it's really important that he follows that. Other people, some people may think that it's a little, you know, extreme. However, it's com you know, what's yeah. extreme to someone is completely normal to another. I couldn't do that. That would stress me. Yeah, out. it keeps him in a wonderful flow. He's great with babies. He should probably have a lot of ants. I mean. Plants, plants. Plants. Do you have an and ant farm, Chris? Do you have an ant farm? <laughs> and um, animals. He does have two kids. Yeah. 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 And he did explain to me after he had his first kid that he felt that <laughs> I should have a kid. Mm. Channel mating, man. Yeah. I know you said, that's the first thing you said. It's like, why don't you have kids? And I was like, what the fuck? That's why we dress our dog up like a little boy. Yeah, he's a toddler. He's a nine-year-old toddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask, oh, to, for the generic, uh, to, to say, because I think what's funny is it sounds like, um, to say like, oh, he has a have a flow and a thing. I think a lot of, that's a common thing that people think that they need, like repetitive. You need to get into the state where you can just do things every day. And to like, to kind of push back on that, I think why that's good for him is that is not good for me. Mm -hmm. Like this, <laughs> like repetitive nature is like detrimental to mm -hmm. me. Like mm -hmm. for me to just do the same thing every day, I die inside mm -hmm. every day that I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Me too. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. and it's a weird, like I have to like drastically switch my situation every so often, change mm -hmm. the schedule, change what time I wake up, everything mm -hmm. in order to feel like, okay, things are different. Is that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's very normal. I mean, my daughter is for she's very extreme. She's always, you know, 
staying up incredibly late and then you know for weeks after that going to bed very early Mm. that's always this different flow but for chris you know as he's living his life he may even fall into a really close circadian rhythm with nature I mean, mm-hmm. oftentimes these people start waking up when the sun comes up and start, yeah. you know, winding down and they just start flowing with nature. Yeah. You know, other parts that are interesting. Did we talk about, you know, he's great at starting things. Terrible yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. initiator. Yeah. What are some of the, like, what are the things, what are some of the pitfalls he would have to look out for? Like looking at his signs and looking at his defined and under, I haven't looked at his chart yet, so mm-hmm. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not looking at it, but like, what, what would you look at and be like, he has to be aware that this could be a trap. He's not here to prove himself. Mm. Oh. He's not tr- here to improve or prove himself. He's not here to try and be strategic. He's a quad right, like Mark Twight. Mm-hmm. He's he's really, really, really creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, he channels things like these ideas that come to him. He's he's really brilliant in that. But the moment he starts trying to be incredibly strategic, he kind of cuts himself off from potential. Interesting. Yeah. I, and the prove yourself, that's the undefined ego, yeah? Mm-hmm. So competition is not good for him necessarily. It's not that it's not good. It's just he It doesn't mean that his life is meant to be oriented towards competition. Yeah, gotcha. But, okay. but anytime people have an undefined ego, typically their lives are oriented towards some sort of competition because that's yeah. how we're conditioned to be. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, God. Chris Warden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I challenge you. No. <laughs> what is like? Do you have like a uh, design that you get along with the best, and one that you dislike the most? Um, th- personally, I tend to get along really well with two fours and four sixes. Four sixes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Two fours, especially, just because there's such a harmony. You know, you're five one, two four. Mm-hmm. There's a harmony, but then again, you know, there's a a girl here locally that just a friend that I met. I won't, you know, and she is so hard for me to be around and she's a two four non non sacral person oh interesting and so it always just you just never know do you think that has to do with like uh, so this also this has been kind of a a revelation to me it's like uh, there's profiles that so three fives are generally attracted to me to some reason like especially projector Mm -hmm. and i don't know why but they they tend to they tend to come here a lot (laughs) which is funny but and i I, like i get along very well with three fives except when they're not self-themed yeah it's in your environment you have a third line in your environment so that means that you're going to meet a lot of different three fives six threes yeah that is so crazy like people will be attracted to our space and like someone will walk in for example and they'll say i've been following you for 10 years Mm -hmm. and i came from you know, super far away, and you know, I've read all your books. I know everything Are you about an you alien? guys. No. Yeah, <laughs> and and then they'll like we'll find out later that they're a pro- projector, a uh, yeah. three, three five projector. Five projector. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, super weird. Yeah, it happens all the time. And this is so. Um, actually, I'll put them on blast because I do not give a shit because I love <laughs> Josh Tyler. Mm-hmm. Josh oh. Tyler's a three five projector. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? Yeah. So oh, he came here, and everybody was kind of like, like. What kind of guy is this? No. Like, you know what I mean? He reached out to me. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. But when he came here, I was like, what the fuck kind of human being is this? He's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew he's an MMA, he's a fighter. I just, yeah. But do you know what's What threw me off is because I have a lot, (laughs) I have a lot of history with MMA people and fighters. And so I like, I have an idea about what kind of people they are. 
and when I met him, I was like, mm, he's not no, like he doesn't fit the stereotype. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. fit the he's not arrogant. Like I could mm-hmm. immediately notice that he doesn't have like an arrogance to him. But there was something that was still kind of like I had to like arms distance. Mm-hmm. Josh really? Tyler. Yeah. Like I was just like, there's something that really like he was um, <clears throat> what felt to me was he was trying so hard to prove that he belonged. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's what it felt like at first. And I Mark was... would confirm this. Okay. That's the same. I've talked to Mark about this. And then there was, and it was after he got his human design done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you told him you're not supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Like that's not for you. Mm-hmm. You're you're supposed to teach people and share your gifts with them and really guide people. And Sorry, he- Sarah, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Josh's wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny? No, about that is she told him like, yeah, you don't need to work. I make plenty. Like you yeah. can do whatever you need to. Just take care of the kids and like. And do he's going to have to totally redefine what success means to him yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, because before it was in ingra- <laughs> it was conditioned that he needed to have a successful business, mm-hmm. and that's what proved that he was a man. And as soon as he let something go, it's like a beam of life went off on mm-hmm. him and he's like the person I wanted to be around all the time. Yeah. Now, like I'm like, I like crave Josh Tyler time. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want him around me more because he like really like grew into himself. But that is what I love about human design is it gives you permission to be who you are. That's amazing. And sometimes we just need to, you know, hear that. Like yeah. who, who am I really like? What is, what are my characteristics? What am I capable of? And then you can just come into this love and acceptance of yourself. I, that's why I, I feel like Josh knows how to love himself, and that's what is cool about hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Like he really yeah. knows what kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. He's right. so sweet. I was mm-hmm. just gonna say, do I have permission to quit my job? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to quit my job and just love myself. Uh, everybody's quitting their job, and we're like, I want to fucking quit my job. I work for an asshole. Who? Me. I'm oh. the asshole. I work for myself. <laughs> I was like, don't talk about Mark like that. <laughs> Mark would say that he works for an asshole too uh, but no. he'd be talking about me too <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I th- we all quit no just kidding <laughs> sorry mark uh th- <laughs> this is uh I, I that that is where i've seen the power of like yeah. this system applied is like i i watched josh tyler literally like evolve into a different human being yeah a, a completely different version of himself and i would say uh, without you know throwing him totally under the bus but i think every aspect about him is better Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck it. You know, the undefined ego in me really wants to compete with that. Like, I want to be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to use human design to be better. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's I'm wondering how many people are like that, where I'm like, it's not that I dislike or get, don't get along with their design. It's that I have like a kind of an instinct that they are not in the they're not living correctly. Yeah. Yeah. It, you're bringing up a really good point is that. Whenever I read the design of a projector, mm-hmm. read a projector chart, they're never a projector. Your your chart is a potential. But, mm-hmm. you know, if if mm-hmm. if this is cellular conditioning that's in my body and mm-hmm. I've been living like a, a generator and a, trying to be a manifester, mm-hmm. the cells, the frequency of my being is more tuned to that of a generator manifester. And so it takes <sighs> years yeah, to actually okay. start having that, you know, projector frequency. So it takes time. And that that is a very real thing. Like mm-hmm. that's a you can feel when somebody is off. Oh, at, yeah. at a, like a and I would say maybe it's a a vibrational level where you're like they just seem 
overworked, underfed, overfed. Well, like whatever the something about them, it's an anxiety that's like emanating there's out of their There's just being. a distortion that we had cuz we're just experiencing ourselves experiencing them. Yeah. So there's a distortion that we're feeling in that frequency. We're like something isn't right. It's like that person that I mentioned, you know. Yeah. It's a non-sacred person. It's like there is a real it, it's like I feel it. I feel it like Dude, here's another example. I'm going to throw so many people under the bus. Keegan oh. is also a 3-5 projector. <laughs> mm -hmm. When he first came here, there was an immediate like, do we be just become best friends? Yeah. Like, do we are we doing karate in the garage <laughs> kind of deal? And mm -hmm. it was like, hit it off. And I think for him, he was in such a weird spot that uh, when he came here, he had nothing to prove. He didn't know anybody. And he was a very outsider looking at other people and really like, he had, he had a glimpse of what he should be like, mm -hmm. right? And so he moved here. But when he moved here, <laughs> he really fell into a trap of trying to do what we do. Can't be a generator. No, yeah, for sure. And he he didn't have, he doesn't have the experience mm -hmm. that like, you know, Mark doesn't, Mark can pull, Mark can work extremely hard in mm -hmm. an insane fashion, mm -hmm. but he pays for it. And I think he knows that he pays for it. Uh, but for the most part, Mark knows that he's a guide. Like he, he knows he's this figure that people come to for information yeah. or he has a wisdom about him where he can very like make things flow better. Um, and since Keegan is younger, he doesn't really have that authority, right? That's it, the three, five process, the trial and error to uh, develop into that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. That makes more sense. But when he, so he was here and then he started really struggling. And then I started to feel like, man, this person is not, they're not living correctly. Like I could feel it viscerally. And then when he left, it was like, oh God, man, that sucks. Because what went wrong? Like I really had a hard time with it. And you're like, you know, I felt, uh, you know, that I was even feel like, guy's so fucking lazy. <laughs> but really, we know he's a projector. He's not supposed to do what we're, we do. We're cats. We're large cats. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then when I ran into him in Denver a couple weeks ago, it was like, oh, there he is. And he had, now he's he's thinking about his work differently, mm, right? Yeah. So, and he's trying to real. he at least understands he is not supposed to be working right he's supposed to be guiding and so he's really like changing his life and you could literally feel that he was in a new space that is awesome and you're like there's the vibration I that you're that. like yeah. i wanted to be fair he didn't come here wanting to do everything we were doing sure. i think we assumed that he wanted to take on all all of this work i think you're right yeah, there was yeah. A, there's a ton of assumption and that that's the hard part <laughs> it's like we're such a new I, I mean, I would say new, but we, we really, to be honest, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what space we're operating in. We go in very different realms. And because we're doing something different, A, it's never, what we're trying to do has never really been done before, right? Like mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to reimagine an industry and reimagine uh, how to produce art and to work in an industry that doesn't support what we want to do. Right. So we're like carving out these things. So when people see like, oh, what you're saying is cool and I like that you do this stuff, they show up and I, I don't know what to do with you because I'm still trying to figure out what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to do with myself. And so um, I think that's a lot of the learning curve and where the system like has really kind of 
shined is to be like it gives us a very good baseline to try to understand people and what their gifts are and where their not self themes are and and that's just a very powerful thing within this is i will have readings with people i will meet people and it's very clear they're in the wrong line of work it's very clear that they're being recognized for what they're not i mean you know we look at keegan's chart we look at josh tyler's chart they're not here to be hard workers they're yeah. not if they're getting hard if they're you know if it's like i can work hard it's like Excuse that's me. gonna burn out yeah <clears throat> and then it'll lead to yeah. all sorts of other things right yeah and and so and then you can even look at it you know this is a person that does better working from home this is a person that mm. works well in a group so yeah it, you definitely can narrow in on what the gifts are and then be able to approach life with that knowledge man that is so fucking crazy i'm similar too i burn out like yeah. i get into projects and i'm like you know what this is not sustainable i can do it for a little while and then they'll be like i noticed it in london when we were working in london mm -hmm. i'm like this isn't sustainable i'm just gonna burn the candle at both ends i'm mm. gonna you know i'm gonna do this for a little while and i would get to this point where i would have to sleep for like two weeks like i could not keep my yeah. eyes open and i came home and i'm like I'm gonna get my thyroid checked. I'm gonna get my blood work done, and I was fine. Yeah. But I was so tired. Just fatigued. Yeah, I was so fatigued, yeah. and I see that with projectors too. And mm -hmm. funny enough, Randy is more aware than you know we probably thought he was at one point. But yeah. he he'll say things like, "I'm gonna go like rejuvenate." You know, I'm gonna go home, take a few minutes, and. You know, I just laugh. Avoid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Avoid like, the projector burnout. That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm like, I why are you sh trying to shake our energy off, Randy? <laughs> I, I used to be embarrassed that I'd take naps. I'm like, I, I'm gonna, I'll be, I'll, I'll call you in like an hour. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to return some videotapes. <laughs> yeah, I, like Blockbuster closed like ten years ago, bro. You're like, yeah, they're really yeah, overdue. Just, <laughs> I'm not a nap person, but I. I mean, you've seen it before where yeah. I just hit this point where I'm like, I can't go anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I got to like stay home. I don't I need no other obligations after work. And I feel like you I can, can get pull out adrenal any... fatigue. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Yeah. I feel like I could pull out of any hole with like two <clears throat> days rest. Yeah. Like there's almost no. I mean, a good example is like the space race, the like 24 hour thing that we did where it was just like annihilated everybody. Mm. I was like. In three days, I was kind of back here working That's again. That's different. Okay, so I recover pretty well from from physical things like that. It's it's uh, social obligations that I burn out uh. from. Yeah, so work, talking to people a lot, like having concerts and dinners and things like that where I'm just at work at 8 and then I don't get home until <laughs> just 10. Describing several, this week. <laughs> yeah, several nights in a row. Like after this weekend, I'll be trashed because mm, we sure. have a symposium. Yeah, you're you're 2 4. <laughs> you're, you're a hermit and you get people fatigue. You know, yeah. that's like the number one yeah. thing I tell 2 4s is like you got to find time to get away from people. You got to find time to get away from Mark people. Mark has that too, the people fatigue. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I know. I feel that. Oh, you wear us out, Michael. I know. I really do. <laughs> I mean, in that case, so like, how do you handle like so? Obviously, how would you handle that? I do not get burned out, mm -hmm. and I'm supposed to keep. You're supposed to get exhausted. Keep going, yeah, because that makes you run longer and better. I, is that like? And I've been pretty good about it. Like when Aaron's like, "I'm feeling it," I'm like, "Stay home, like just fucking chill." That feels like what she should do. Like I can feel it right now. She starts getting like, "There's too much going. There's too many plans." I'm like, "Well, just back. Don't feel obligated to do any of it." Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some stuff you have to see through, but there's yeah. a lot of it that you don't. 
the funny thing is it's perfect it's usually when i'm manifesting the most like when i'm bringing stuff in mm. like at the beginning of last week i'm like i'm really tired we just shot the last part of my cookbook mm. you know we had a bunch of plans like we have people coming in we're moving into this weekend i'm wrapping up some projects and it's like all right i know as soon as this you know symposium comes soon and i just need to rest for a couple of days and within that period of of me feeling fatigued and me being able to rest that's when i'm like bringing in so much work mm. i don't know why it's mm. like someone calls me they want me to do a project someone else calls me they want me to do a project and i'm just like ah. that's why when you came in i'm like how do i stop manifesting things <laughs> not that it's a bad thing i like it i just you got to figure out how to rest yeah I th do you think that's like a key to human design th that I thought was a key? Then maybe I'm just like projecting this, but like it really teaches you how to rest and mm -hmm. recover so that sure. you can do what you're supposed to do. I mean, going to bed like a generator, going to bed like a manifester and a projector, that changed my world. Yeah, same. The moment For I started sure. sleeping differently, it was like, wait, I'm now getting deep restorative sleep. I wake up and I have all my mental faculties. Uh, it's mind blowing. Did we explain mm -hmm. this on the first one? That would that was really like what you first said to us. Mm -hmm. uh, the first mm -hmm. thing out of your mouth was like, "Oh, she's a manifester. Your projector. You got to sleep differently." And I was mm -hmm. like, "What the fuck?" And you were like, <laughs> "You just stay up until you're exhausted, Aaron. Mm -hmm. You get into bed and like watch TV or read mm -hmm. a book." Or yeah, like, I do have to do that. Yeah, it's Wind it's down. fascinating. <laughs> and then I think how you said it too. You're like, if you do that, you'll stop bickering. Mm -hmm. And you're like, because you're, you, you just have so much more capacity when you're like rested, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I think we tried it for like a month, right? You just, we were made sure that you got into bed and that before you were tired and maybe you'd watch TV or you'd do your stuff. Yeah. And after a month, we're like, man, we haven't had any like really like misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. I think like after sold. we started doing human design, we, I think we realized that we both think so differently mm -hmm. and that really we just don't really argue anymore. Yeah. It's Watch, really we're going to have a big blowout fight. We'll be like, <laughs> damn you, you fucking manifester. <laughs> stop, stop manifesting things here. <laughs> no, no, we won't. But I think it took a lot of, like, I don't know, stresses out of it that we didn't understand about each other before. Isn't, isn't that the beauty of awareness? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, if I could, if that was a sales pitch, I would be like, man, imagine understanding your spouse to the degree where you don't, inflame anything because you mm -hmm. know what's actually going or you can like yeah. better comprehend their state even though you don't i don't i will never know it you understand what's negotiable and what isn't and you can accept what isn't yeah yeah exactly like i can see when she's on the edges and she can see when i'm in low waves mm -hmm. and so she it's not like she can just stop from being like, oh, God, he's being a dick and be like, okay, what's the scenario here? Oh, there's some chemicals going on. Mm -hmm. And I can be like, oh, she's tired because mm -hmm. she's fucking working way more than any manifester should work. I mean, she works all day some days. I, like, she can outwork me, but not consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. On a given day, I know my output <laughs> and I know when to stop because I have a defined sacral. girl. She never knows when to stop. It's, She's like going, going, There you going. go. Yeah. There's the nuts. Yeah, yeah, but then Don't I, know when enough is enough. So here's my problem is, <clears throat> okay, everyone has work that they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, can, I can't say no to work because the people that call me, like some little girl will call me and she'll be like, I have leukemia. I'm living out of the hospital in Seattle. I don't want to work with the clinical nutritionist here at the hospital. Will you work with me? How do I say no to that? I can't. So... <laughs> And in my head, I'm like, I know I can help you. Like, 
I'm not a doctor, but I know there's things that I know that can change this person's life. Mm -hmm. And so I don't say no. Mm -hmm. And so those things pile on and every once in a while I'll hand nutrition clients off to like one of the other coaches I work with, Elodie. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we can load her up even though she's a manifester too. I've seen her get burned out too, oh, where she just sure. sleeps for three days, but there's some things that I just can't hand off, you know? Yeah. yeah I, you know, I, sorry. I always do my thing is that I, I it's like, <clears throat> I, I run into very similar situations with, yeah. with you know, not, I shouldn't say similar. I'm but, sure you but do. People though. asking me like, hey, can can we have a conversation around that? I teach these classes mm-hmm. for LYD. And, and, and oftentimes <clears throat> I feel like I want to be able to show up for people, but I literally don't have the energy. Mine isn't yeah. like a child in the hot, but, but for me, it all comes down to I'm sleeping on it. I'm taking time because yeah. if I get to the point where it's not correct for me to have this conversation, it's not correct for me to mentor or guide this person, then that just means that I'm saving them so much time and energy and maybe yeah. they can have the space to find someone else. So yeah. it's all about just slowing down and you know paying attention to your body, the yeah. nervousness. The well, th- if you come at something from an angle that you can't deliver what you know you're capable of delivering because you're yeah. tapped out, you're actually just going to make that person frustrated if they're mm-hmm. generator and you're going to be bitter about you being put into that situation. And, so, and I've done that so much. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Um, that is fucking crazy. This whole thing is super bizarre. <laughs> I think we're at two hours now. You want to call it for today? And then we have, we've got, we've, we've got, got a lot. so much stuff. We've got a lot. We could do this. <laughs> Honestly, I could go back and forth. And I, I think uh, we'll see how people take it. And if they want more, we'll just have you out here. We have it's to cool. go into like each design and like what each design is capable of, like why they work together well and why, like what they're good for, like what benefits, I think, what. That's I mean, a great idea. I, I would, we could go into <sighs> some details. so much more. What I would say to most people is like the, like get, just look at, look up your, your own strategy and authority. Mm-hmm. Like get that and just see what it says. Is that a That's good? a great idea. Yeah, okay. So idea. start there. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you have questions behind, and even I think as funny as it is, the generic like readouts of people are pretty shocking sometimes mm-hmm. like you're like wait does this person watch me you're like how do they know and i think if if you need readings find somebody or get a hold of you mm-hmm. and, and do a reading because i think it's it's super interesting there, there's a part of human design that i i feel is coming out that's going to be really a huge service to humanity and that's therapeutic and support through the lens of human design you know, mm-hmm. someone actually going in for some sort of therapy, some sort of counseling, when they can look at the frequencies within their body, their design, see what their characteristics are and be able to build upon those versus them continually pushing against a rock and trying to be something that they're not. Like really having yeah. a form an informed look at it. So I think that's something that's coming out more and more. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Phil. Wait, yeah. I have one oh. more question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, we'll save it. What? Oh, <laughs> no, we can save it because I forgot. Okay. okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Um, this was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time and really walking us through. All, and uh, I'm honestly like introducing us to this whole system in the, so in, the cool. in the beginning and then taking the time to do 
all the teachings that you do and all our dumb questions and us sending you people to whether we should hire them or not. <laughs> I, should I, we be friends with this person? I totally, I appreciate it very much. So yeah, thank you, thank Phil. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You're welcome here anytime. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks, that. Phil. Thanks, guys. <laughs>